by split decision. All right, boys and girls, welcome to another episode of Split Decision UK. We're on episode 40 now, 4-0. We're uh, still going, amazingly. We are here to talk about your MMA, your UFC mainly. We like to call ourselves the everyman's take on the UFC. We don't take ourselves too seriously. We're just a couple of fans. My name's Joe. I'm joined over Skype by my co-host, Matt. How are you doing on this fine Monday evening, Matthew? Good 7 out of 10, big boy. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, actually. It's uh, it's my last week in my flat this week. I'm... Uh, Moving back into my parents this coming weekend, so it's a sad time. It's a, it's a sort of time for reminiscing, but other than that, I'm all good. How about you? On a similar note, I, I've uh, gone back to work after a week off, so it's, we'll try and keep the tempo up on this episode, Joe, in our respective somber moments yeah, on this yeah. uh, Monday That's evening. It. Yeah, definitely. All right, then, should we? Uh, I suppose we better get cracking. If you've got nothing else, we might as well move on to this bit of dross that we had at the weekend. Bit of dross it was, yeah, in Uruguay. We weren't really looking forward to it, were we, Joe? No, and, no. And it duly delivered with its mediocre card. I, I weren't really too into it. I've got to be honest, though. I didn't really watch too much either. Perry and Luke, the main attraction. Yeah, definitely. Turned out to be. We, we thought it and weren't really sticking our necks out in saying so. But what fight that was, main event, not so much. Bit of a snooze fest, Joe. Any highlights for you? Okay, so we we'll do some digging. I thought first card on the main card, it was a, it was a decent fight. You had um, Enrique Barzola against Bobby Moffitt, featherweight division. Decent little knock it was. Barzola came away with the split decision win, but it's one of those where it's like, yeah, all right, move on. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's a bit harsh because it was a decent fight, but. As when you look at the rest of the card, there wasn't much there, so it's a bit like, oh yeah, it's not going to live long in my memory. Put it that way. I feel like a, a dickhead, like just just swatting these fights to the to the <laughs> wayside. These guys have put in. This is like probably their first sort of massive exposure to this career. They've been grafting for years and years. They put in a twelve week training camp. So many sacrifices, probably away from their family. Like, yeah, it's a bit shit. <laughs> Couldn't give a fuck. What's what else is on? See the Spurs the other day. Yeah, you know so I mean, it's just it is. It's harsh, isn't it? It's, it's very harsh. dismissive, and it is hard. But like, that's just the nature of the sport in general. And uh, but I've got to say, I, I do feel a bit bad about. It. I thought I'd get that in there as a disclaimer, Joe. Yeah, I think you'd probably help us out a bit there. Well, we had Rolando Vieira um, up against your twin, basically. It was, it was your doppelganger, Piotr. Round two, arm triangle. We knew he was a submission specialist going in multiple times. Jiu-Jitsu world champion. I think we both went for the... Did we go first round? I think you might have got second round sub in this, did you? I don't know. You tell me. Yeah, I think I might have uh, done you a disservice. But uh... I think I did actually um, want to go round one, but you'd already picked round one, so I went round two. In that case, that you, just, you just earned yourself an extra point on our predictions. Hey. But we'll we'll move on to that later. Go on, master. As it was. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to see Vieira in the UFC. We like our jiu-jitsu here at Split Decision UK. Damian Meyer and Chrome Gracie, all these good people. Vieira looked very good as well. I mean, I don't think it was the toughest, you know, most stern test that, that he's ever going to face. But for a middleweight debut, I think he done pretty well. Sort of survived the first round on the feet, landed some decent shots. So he's obviously not going to be overwhelmed there, um, against this level at least. And then second round, is you know, you could see how high level he was once Piotr was worn out a little bit. Vieira took him down, wrapped the legs, managed to sneak into mount, and um, yeah, Piotr was kind of waving his arms about a little bit too much, which is a black belt, but I guess when you've been beaten up and punched in the face, you're going to try and get out however you, you can, can't you? And then he locked in an arm triangle there, so shout out Vieira, I look forward to seeing him next time. And then I guess we've got, do you want to touch on the main event briefly, because it was a little bit of a snooze fest, as it was Shevchenko beat Carmouche, unanimous decision, pretty comfortable win. I don't know if you really want to add too much to that. Shevchenko should different levels. Yeah, I can't attest to have seen too much of it, to be honest. I only saw the result. Yeah, same same as I thought. We both thought she'd get the win by stoppage, but she didn't. Um, Carmouche managing to hang on in there for a, what looks like to be a lopsided decision loss. Nothing really to sort of 
get too excited about. Yes, she's avenged that loss she had from years ago. From probably a more personal standpoint, that's a little mini victory for her. But I think, is there too much for her in that division, Joe? Got uh, Chikagian probably waiting in the wings next. I think she's got her eye on that Nunes fight. I think she wants to rack up as many wins as possible, clear out the division, and have one more crack at the 35 and 45 champion. I think she has to because Nunes is probably the only real competition for her out there. And Nunes is like a big star nowadays. Nunes makes quite a bit of money. If you look at Shevchenko, she's a world champion and she's fighting on this card in Uruguay. Is she making that much money or is she, is she just getting a standard show and win? I would imagine it's the standard. So if you were Shevchenko, I guess you need to strike while the iron's hot, really. And perhaps... She's comfortable building up a couple more wins in this division, but I think she wants to sort of, you know, push her name as well and push her status as a bit of a legend. You've got to take on these fights like Nunes, and I think she's going to earn a shit ton of money doing it as well. So, yeah, she's got to do that sooner, I would say. Yeah, big win for her then. Yeah, it was, I guess. Anything yeah. else in there, Joe? Should we move on to Luke and Perry? That was a decent one. Yeah, Luke and Perry was a good fight, actually. I, I watched it on the train home this afternoon. And we all saw those images of uh, Perry's nose, which it didn't really look like it was still attached to his face. It was like on a different side of his face completely. But so that wasn't it. It wasn't as much of um, you know, an all-out brawl, all-out war as I thought it would be. But it was still a very good fight. It got the fight of the night, and justifiably so, I would say. But Luke came out on top, unanimous decision win. He picked up a couple of twenty-nine, twenty-eights on the cards. My only sort of contention here is I actually thought Perry might have done enough to sneak it. I think I think Perry probably won the first round, and then you could probably say that Luke won the last round. So the middle round for me is the one that um, decided it. And I, for me, I think Perry might have snuck it. I think it's one of those where <clears throat> whoever wins, it's not a robbery either way. I mean, you can go through the whole fight with a fine-tooth comb, and even then you'll probably still be on the fence. So I personally as well, just like you, Joe, I thought he won rounds one and two three probably easily to Luke, but I, I can see them giving that second round to Luke, in which they did. Either way, it was a great fight. It was, like you say, a justifiably correct decision to give them fight of the night. It was brutal in a damage standpoint rather than just swinging for the fences. I thought it was actually quite technical, to be honest. It was technical. <laughs> Mike Perry especially was a lot more technical than I thought he would be. Yeah, he sort of tarnished with this brawler uh, sort of tag from the the fans but he's very technically good standing up and he's he's striking he's he's actually got a sort of development in his ground game as well he managed to get out of that, that choke right in the last round with the blood pouring down his face managed to get out of there had the know-how and the nows to get out of that and actually finish the round strong but I, I do think the judges were looking at the damage on his face to be honest rather than that, the actual shots landed by Luke because to me it seemed Perry was landing more uh, but Luke is probably landing the heavier shots, so make of that what you will. But for me, not a robbery either way, but went. But I did think Perry won. Yeah, I, I saw that kind of similarly to you, actually. I thought Perry was uh, landing maybe more good shots. I think the numbers were quite even, but he was definitely throwing more, I would say, um, and landing good shots, and then Luke was kind of countering those shots. So I guess it is kind of what you like and what you're looking at at the time almost. That's a very amateur way of putting it. But if you're looking at Luke coming back with the counters rather than seeing the initial shots from Perry, then do you know what I mean? It, it can kind of go either way. So, yeah, I agree with your, your description there. Yeah, Luke getting into a few brawls recently. So where would you like to see him go next, Joe? I think it's about time he, he got one of those top 10 lads. Who's he got his eye on, do you think? Wonder Boy? Yeah, it's an interesting question, actually, because I was going to ask you where where Mike Perry goes from here because his results have been a bit up and down now, even though he's a fan favourite. But I guess it does make sense to start with the winner. In terms of Vicente Luque, yeah, I think he's put on a decent decent little run of form now, hasn't he? He's come through some tricky fights against some tough, really tough opponents who just kind of, you're not going to get out there. I think, yeah, Stephen Thompson probably would be a good fight. He's number seven in the rankings. Uh, and if you look at Vicente Luque, he hasn't, he's not actually ranked at the moment. So I don't know, would you would you consider that a little bit high when you look at the rankings? I don't know if Robbie Lawler, he might be up for a fight. Uh, Neil Magny, I mean, he got his uh, drug issue, hasn't he? Other than that, Ponza Nibio. Yeah. Or, uh, there's, all, there's all sorts yeah. going on that vision. Um, but yeah, I think I think he's 
put enough time in to actually get a ranked opponent. You're probably right. Seven is probably a bit too much. But what do the rankings even mean, Joe? Let's just make the fun matchups. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm, I'm with you. Yeah, definitely. I think if he sort of plays the game he's played with Perry and Barbarina, though, that Wonder Boy would actually piece him up a little bit. He's far too technical and elusive and experienced in the stand-up game to get dragged into that with Luke. So he's got to be careful if he does draw Wonder Boy Thompson. As for Perry, briefly, where do you think he goes? We have a little look at his his record most recently. Obviously, he lost at the weekend. Before that, he beat Cowboy Oliveira. Before that, he lost to Donald Cerrone. Before that, he beat Paul Felder. And then he had a couple of losses. Ponzinibbio and Matt Griffith, Max Griffin there. So he only really fights killers. If you look look at his last however many fights, Luque, Oliveira, Cerrone, Felder, Griffin, Ponzinibbio. That's an absolute who's who of killers in that division. And for, for all the hype, I guess, that, that uh, Perry brings, for all the enthusiasm that he brings himself and from fans, do you think it's time they give him like a a couple of easier wins or are they going to keep chucking him in against these absolute killers? I guess I guess he's going to have to beat him at some point if he wants to go anywhere, isn't he? Well, I mean, I may be wrong here, but I'm not sure Mike Perry's ever even been ranked in the top 15 in any of the divisions. But I think it's just that he's a victim of his own popularity and his style that people want to see him in these big-name fights against Luque, Cerrone and the others you've mentioned. I think he actually does need the the sort of gimme fights, ones that are actually going to build his skill set rather than just sort of throw him in there just for the sake of an entertaining fight. It's not really going to get him anywhere. Although I did read this morning that he's he's out of contact sparring for six months anyway. Yes. So hopefully that'll heal up the rest of his body as well, a bit of time away, work on his ground game perhaps, drilling that sort of stuff as, as opposed to the striking, which he's already great at. So it might be a blessing that he's, he's going to have this time off to reflect. But in answer to your original question, I think it'd be, Best for all parties considered. If they give him a little build up first, yeah, get get the lower names, build up his wins again, and and then have another crack at the ranked opponents. What about the light heavies? Then want we'll to have a quick look at those. Big Volcan. We said we got dealt a shit sandwich with Latifi. Assuming you're talking about these boys. Yes, I am. Yeah. What a, what a performance by uh, Big Volks. Oh, well, well pleased for him. I think this is just what he needed—a nice little stoppage victory in the second round against a tough, tough opponent. I think that's going to do wonders to turn around that little skid he's been on and any doubts he had in his mind because of that. Well, we were saying last week, weren't it, that uh, Latifi's like six, wasn't he? Number six in the rankings or something before that? Yeah, around that, yeah. Around that mark, wasn't it? So he's back in there straight away. Yeah, yeah he might so, even get a title shot again now. Oh, mate, yeah, he's well in there now. So he's got plenty of options. Blaukowicz, you've got Rockhold if he continues to fight. You got He might want that Reyes fight if he gets past Weidman. He wants a rematch with him. So who knows what's going to happen? Johnny Walker's in there against Corey Anderson, maybe the winner of that. So all sorts out there for him. Latifi, back to the drawing board, unfortunately. To be honest, I'm just glad this fight's finally happened. That's it, yeah. <laughs> I mean, They've been waiting about two years to fight, and finally he got moved around from card to card to card. It's happened, and... Latifi got knocked out in the second round. I bet he thinks, oh, for fuck's sake. Should have just fought someone else in the meantime. Exactly. What, what else was there, Joe, in that in that uh, Uruguayan sensation of a card? That's it. I'm going to leave it there. I'm not even going to bother. Picks, then. What happened with the picks? Okay, picks. Picarinis. So I was 7-3 up going into this week. So we changed the rules round slightly this week. So now we've got a few more points involved. But we're still only going to award one point per week. So... You had Shevchenko via TKO in round four. So because you only got Shevchenko, you only get one point for that. You had Mike Perry, so no worries, he didn't win. You had Ozdemir, decision. So Ozdemir finished it, so you get another point for that. So that's two so far. And then you had Vieira to win in round two with a submission. So you got the winner, the method, and the round. So you get three points for that one. That takes you to five points for this week, Matthew. Then we move on to my picks. I had Shevchenko round three, so I get one for that. I had Luke round three, so I get another one for that. I had Ozdemir, decision, so I only get one for that. And I had Vieira round one, submission, so I get two for that, which takes me to five. So that is a draw this week, Matthew. I like it. So, Although I was robbed with the Mike Perry decision, so I should technically have this at 7-4, but that's fine. I'll ride with it. I'm just happy I've kept uh, the disparity at four. 
Yes, so we move on to 8-4 this week. A little bit more convoluted, but I'm sure we'll all get used to it as the weeks go on. Lovely jubbly. All right, then, my son, shall we move on to our weekly award, the Simon Safarov Award for Outstanding Achievement, better known in the MMA world as the Safawa Award? Yeah, it's me this week, isn't it? It's an it absolute git of a week to have it. Not too much has happened, really, within news, yep. within boxing, within MMA in general. So it all rests on the Uruguayan sensation card, didn't it, eh? it? Did they well, deliver? I... Have, have they thrown up some interesting names this week? Not really, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> I want to throw a big Vulcan in there. I think I said it last week. I said it a couple of minutes ago. He's dealt with shit sandwich in this in this draw in the light heavyweight division. Draw number six after a free fight skid. I thought it was harsh on him, and he put on a lifetime best performance. What it looked like a great finish of a tough man in Latifi. So a big shout out to big uh, no time Ozdemir. Yep, shout out no time definitely. I normally try and get like three nominees and pick one of those, but I can only really think of two, Joe. I don't know if you've you've got any in the back of your head there. Well, I, I think I know where you're going, and I think you could probably split that into two. Okay. Do you feel me? Sort of. <laughs> so <laughs> the first the first shout out will be Mike Perry, and I think the mention is the the stare off. Did you see the stare off between between him and Luke? Eh? The night before? Yes. I actually didn't. Oh, so, so Luke, there Luke's, Luke's there, there waiting, and obviously Mike Perry's known for doing something every time. So Luke's there, fists up. Mike Perry walks up to him, pretends to fall over, and like falls into him, goes, oh shit, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> and then stands there with his fists, and he's doing like all sorts of weird movement. But he's just a, a brilliant character all round. He's got an amazing haircut as well. You look at his barnet, he's got a nice little mullet going on. So like Mike Perry in general, I think, deserves a shout out. Pretty not much every time goes, he fights. Not a week goes by without you mentioning a Barnet. I love a good Barnet. <laughs> I know. No, no, no. What Barnet you got at a minute? I've got my classic, classic sweet to one side, yeah, at the moment. I'm, I'm, do you know what? My uh, circumstances have changed recently, as I alluded to at the start. So I've been banned from having a shaved Barnet, going for the number one all over. So I could go back to that. I think you should. Yeah, I might do. I, might I thought do. it was decent when you had it last time, Joe. I think uh, you need to represent a new star. That's it. With a new Barnet. New, new, new Barnet, new star. New Barnet, new star, new me. There you go. That's a hashtag right there. <laughs> but on that note about Mike Perry, I think we've got uh, the elephant in the room, the big broken nose in the room. Crazy, Joe, you, you must have seen it. Yeah. Everyone's seen it. it just looked absolutely obliterated. If You, you, you can imagine where your nose is normally you feel it now if you kind of move it two inches or maybe an inch to the left and like bend it in half so it's at a right angle that's how Mike Perry's nose ended up at the end of it yeah it's horrible it's it's almost like squash sausage meat you know (laughs) you know when you get golders and raw sausages and you put them in the oven and your thumb go through one it's a bit like that really it was like a big gaping hole in the middle It it was awful Grim, Not really it? sure. It's that big knee, wasn't it, from Luke? I think. Believe so. I mean, he kept fighting, which is even more craziness. Ah, quality character, great fighter, heart of a lion, nose of sausage, mate. <laughs> he is. Uh, uh, do I give it to him? To his nose? Has I know. Won it before it's a tough one, isn't it? Has he won it before, Joe? Do you remember? I, I think, think he's been nominated he's before def- for his aunt. Definitely been nominated. If if you were to ask me. I might say save Mike Perry himself for another day. I, I think because you said of his face off the night before, I'm going to have to give it to him as a whole bodied oh, okay. person. Mike Perry, congratulations. You are this week's Safari Award winner. Well done, big man. Awesome. Right, any fight news, Joe? Do you know what? We've been sort of struggling, haven't we, in recent weeks to come up with fight news. We had quite an interesting discussion in replace of that last week in terms of how we feel the UFC is going, where they're putting on kind of weaker cards. And I guess you can probably, if you didn't listen to that episode this week, you can probably tell how we feel about all these weaker cards. But actually this week, Matthew, we've got quite a lot of fight announcements. So do you want me to reel one off at you? Reel one off at me. So, all right then, I'll go with the first one. Uh, Split decision UK favourite. She didn't have the best of results last time out. Aspen Lad, she's got another fight against Yana Kunitskaya. And this isn't till December, actually. 7th of December. So there's a nice little layoff there for Lad, which I think is probably the best best thing to do. And I actually think this is quite a good matchup against Kunitskaya because 
she's not on the same level sort of physically or technically, I don't think, as Jermaine Durandamy. So I think this will be a nice little test on the feet for Lad without that kind of real danger of getting sparked out like she did in the last one. So nice little fight, I think, this one. Yeah, I think Kunitskaya is primarily a striker. I'm not sure what her wrestling's like. Like you said, I don't think it's anything to the level of Durandamy as an all-round fighter altogether. But uh, I think it's a good one for Lad to come back to. Just stick to her roots in her wrestling, get a get the fight to the ground, make weight a little bit better perhaps. Yeah. It's a good job this fight's before Christmas and not after. Yeah, definitely. I've got another one for you, Joe. Can I throw one at you? Yeah, throw it. We talked about it before. Safaya winner Nicholas Dalby is back. I saw that. Yeah, it's good news, isn't it? You see Copenhagen. He's not fighting Ross Houston, no. Um, a lot of people thought that he would be getting that rematch of that bloodbath from which went viral, really, from Cage Warriors. The fight was stopped because there was Clara everywhere. Um, he's not fighting Ross Houston. He's fighting the Brazilian Cowboy. What do you mean, make of that fight, Joe? Do you like that? What a bastard of a debut this is. I mean, second yeah. second debut, all right, but... Straight in against Cowboys. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's a tough one. I think it's also a tough one on Ross Houston. Uh, but I think it may well work out for him in the end. I mean, he's only 8-0. A lot of people thought this rematch would happen in the UFC. A bit tough on him, but he's 8-0. I think to go into the UFC that early in his career will probably end up being to his detriment. So I think it's good for him that he can keep cutting his teeth in cage wars, get a few more wins and then make his move over. Whereas Dalby, it's his second run in the big show. Hopefully he can put on a win in front of his home fans. Yeah, that's it. It's in Denmark as well, isn't it? So we'll be able to watch it at a normal time. So perfect. I've got another one I'd like to send you away. Darren Wynn looked very, very impressive. He's up against the dentist. October, this one. Boston. <laughs> uh, I, can, I, can, I can hear your smile when you say the dentist. <laughs> Again, good nickname. We like to see that here. But, uh, I think it's a prerequisite to be in the UFC. You need a good nickname. You do really, don't you? If you're going to make it. We should break down another fight, Joe. It's quite an interesting clash of styles. It is very, isn't it? I think when you, you kind of know what he's going to do, and dare I say it, that, that might be... Well, it's going to be it's going to be tough for everyone, but it will be a, it will be tough for Stewart to deal with that wrestling. I think he's shown decent things recently. recently. His clinch work is pretty good and stuff like that. But I think Darren Wynn might be... A, a little bit of a different animal. So, yeah, it's going to be a tough one for the dentist, I think. His, his name does escape me, whoever win fought last time. It was a relatively decent name, but he stood and traded with him. He did. He, he weren't really utilising his wrestling as much as he should have, and he was getting into a brawl. I think he wanted to prove a point. If he does that against the dentist, he he's in for some serious trouble because he hits like a truck, mate. So, I don't know. I, I think it's it's winnable for Stewart. Really, I do, if Win elects to stand up with him. Yeah, good shot actually. Zabit, he's fighting. We, we all thought Zabit was going to be fighting, what's his chops? Yair. Yair was one of them, yeah. But I thought Ortega was in the running as well. But as uh, it is, Calvin, Calvin Qatar's got a big fight. He's been on a little bit of a decent run himself. So that's quite a, quite a test for Zabit and, and Calvin, respectively. Would you make of that little tear up? Yeah, it's a good test, actually. And I think Calvin Qatar, he's only been looking better and better recently. And when you look at Zabit, he kind of came out started looking really impressive and in his last fight he didn't look as good I didn't think so I think this is actually uh, an interesting matchup I think maybe six months to a year ago you look at it and you think yeah Zabit is a clear favourite but I think they Qatar has done well to narrow the gap he's been on a nice tear himself got crisp striking he looks he looks like kind of an all-round fighter really with a striking base so I think this is going to be an interesting matchup and yeah I don't know who I want to win I actually like both men so it'd be interesting definitely and this one is, when is this? This is, oh, that's in Boston as well in October, so a couple of months. It's interesting. I like the way they're building beat here. He's not being rushed. Everyone knows his quality. Everyone's aware of it. But he's been still being built the right way, through the ranks slowly, building that skill set, building his recognition with the audience. It, it does beg the question, if he was a brash, English-speaking uh, American or whatever it was, he would have probably been rushed by now and then they would have set him back a, a few fights. He would have probably been pushed too quickly against the upper echelons. He would have talked himself into a, an eliminator fight and then lost and ended up back where he is now anyway. So I like what they're doing with him. I think he's a tough fight in Calvin Qatar, uh, but I think Qatar deserves this fight as well. So it'd be an interesting one. Whoever wins this is right in the mix. Absolutely, my man. What about Holly Holm returning to Melbourne against Raquel Pennington? 
this is October, isn't it? The Melbourne one. I think if I'm being cynical, is this a little little see you later fight for Holly Home on the scene of a sort of biggest ever triumph? That's a good point, actually. Yeah, perhaps I'm, I am surprised she's getting back in there so quickly. Anyway, yeah, if at all. I mean, she's achieved everything that she could have possibly achieved. Obviously, well, with the exception of the, the double champ status, which she went for, but she's not going to win that 135 belt, is she? Pennington is probably in the same boat as her. They've both taken sound beatings from the champion. Uh, I think you might be right, Joe. I think this, she might be looking to say goodbye, win or lose here. Yeah, and it'll be a shame, but she, like you say, she had a fantastic career and she kind of single-handedly changed the course of the UFC, specifically that, that women's you know side of the draw. So, yeah, she's a legend. Any more fights there, Joe? It's a big week for it announcements. Is. I'm liking it. I've like got, got one more for you, if you've got time. If I've got time, yeah, go <laughs> so Deverson, I'm not Vulcan Ozdem here, I've got time. Yeah, Deverson Figueredo, we saw him last week beat Pantoja, didn't we, in that flyweight division. Uh, probably did enough to earn a title shot there, but Benavidez might have something else to say about that. He's up against Tim Elliott. And this is in October, again, in San Francisco. Uh, Tim Elliott, we haven't seen him for a little while. I probably expect Figueroa to do the business there. He looks nasty. Yeah, we were saying, he hasn't fought for quite a while now. Is it about 18 months or something, I think you said? End of 2017, was that right? His last fight was, yeah, December, right, December 30th, 2017. A win against Mark De La Rosa. So it has been a quite a long time. Trini's kept his nut down amongst all this flyweight exile talk. Uh, now it looks like he's probably back, so he sort of jumped back into the into the mix again. Now it's getting a bit more interesting. I mean, yeah. they've signed quite a lot of flyweights recently, so I think that's why he's back. He's a relatively decent name, tough winner. Took Mighty Mouse as far as he could go at the time. Yeah, I think it'd be a great scrap. No walking apart for Figueredo. No, definitely. I think it's a brilliant fight. And yeah, who knows? It's speculation, isn't it? Maybe... Elliot was staying away because he didn't really see much future in the in the UFC with a flyweight division. You know, maybe we've got these weird drug things going on nowadays where they don't say anything. You never know; it could be one of those, or maybe just no, doing other things. Again, you? you love one of them. <laughs> I don't like to cast aspersions, but I, I do. So, <laughs> any more aspersions to cast, Joe? Or I think that's it for now. Cool. Should we move on? Yeah. So at last. At last, we've got a decent card this week, Matt. About bloody time, that's what I can say. <laughs> about bloody time. So it's been about, since about 239, maybe? You see 239, last decent one? Yeah, like this, I would say. Yeah, on this level. So we were saying last week they, they're stacking them, stacking like one card every two months and then just sort of giving us filler in between those periods. We got through that filler. Joe, we've got a massive one this weekend. Plenty of fights to get into. Where do you want to start? Do you know what? There's there's tons. I don't know where to start with the big ones or start with the little ones. Little ones, eh? yeah. Okay, we'll start with the little ones. So I've got a few got a few prelims that I want to pick out. Actually, um, we got Christian Giagos up against closer than close Drakkar Close. Uh, I think that'll be an outstanding matchup on the prelims. Nothing too much on the line. It's kind of two unranked men trying to work their way up. So that'll be an absolute barn burner. I would have thought. But one I'd like to focus on is Rafael Asensal against the ever-rising Corey Sandhagen. What, what are your initial thoughts on this then, Joe? Well, Asan Sal, his, his job title is literally the gatekeeper. So Corey Sandhagen, been on an impressive one uh, run, beating everyone put in front of him, looks to be the real deal. That's that's what it is, isn't it? You beat Asan Sal, you're getting title shots, title eliminators. Yeah, you're absolutely right. He is the gatekeeper. I think, I think this could come down to... The height and age disparity initially is the first thing that jumps out of the page to me. I think Sandhagen's going to get this with every fight, though, uh, with the height at least. He's 5'11", down at Bantamweight. He's only 27 years old. Sun Sao, on the other hand, he's, he's 37 now, 5'5". Five Already, you, you, you see the difficulties he's going to have. He tends to go to decision either way, Sun Sao. Sandhagen seems to get the job done by finish, apart from the last time out against Lineker. I don't know, for where they are in their career, I know it's a massive step up for Sandhagen now. I mean, Lineker's heart didn't really seem to be in it. He's now no longer with the UFC, so I think this is his first proper test for Sandhagen in the Sun Sal. 
I do think he gets over the line, Joe. Uh, I don't think he will get the finish, but I think for where they both are in their career at the minute, as soon as on his way out, Sandhagen making waves, I think he's going to get the, the job done by a, a not comfortable decision, but I think it'll be a unanimous all, all three rounds. Yeah, I think I agree with you, actually. I think Sandhagen will have enough to deal with Asensio's wrestling and his spoiling, if, if you like. And I, yeah. think, I think Sandhagen will probably be better, more elusive on the feet as well. So, decision, most likely. Brunson's on here, on he this is. card. He is. Derek Brunson, who amazingly is still number eight in the in the rankings. I, I couldn't quite believe it, to be honest. He's three and four in his last seven. I'm pretty sure he loses every time I watch him. I know he won his <laughs> last time out against in a proper stinker against Fiodoru, who got cut because he's so boring. But, uh, yeah, I thought it was a shocker that he's still number eight in the rankings. Am, yeah. I, am I crazy? No, no, I think you're right. But what it does do is present a huge opportunity for his opponent this weekend, Ian Heinish. He's been smashing people up lately, so I think he might... Well, I don't know. I think Heinish will get it done, but Brunson is one of those blokes who turns up one week and gets destroyed and then... The next week he turns up and he, he absolutely destroys someone else. So it's a tough one. But yeah, I think Heinish will get it done. And I'd like to see him put a bit of new blood in there to maybe move up to number eight himself. Yeah, he's impressive, Heinish, isn't it, since he's come in. He's not been in there long. He's only had a couple in there. 13-1 now. He's already at number 10. Five-fight win streak. Uh, and you, you nailed it. And he said it presents an opportunity for him to climb the rankings himself. I agree with you again, Joe. This is boring for our picks. But I think he's going to grind out a decision, old Heinish. <laughs> Yeah, duh. sensible, isn't it? Keep playing it safe, I would say. Oh, yeah, I'm sure this all... Once we get into the meat and bones of this card, I'm sure it'll mix it up a little bit. That's it. So, I guess, uh, we, no disrespect, we've got one more Littlen to have a look at, would you say? Littlen? Yeah, go on. Yeah, so you got, Throw it at me. You've got Benitez up against Sadiq Youssef, who is, again, another split-decision UK favourite. We've been championing Youssef way back since his UFC debut. He beat shame on Marais, shame on him in March. So a nice little quick turnaround for Youssef up against Benitez, who hasn't fought since May 2018. He beat Humberto Bandanay and Jason Knight, to give you an idea of when he was last fighting. So I fully expect Youssef to come through this one, I think. He's, he, he looked very, very impressive last time out. I've got to say, I, I think Benitez has got a chance here. I think he, when you look at the records, Sadiq Youssef, yes, is an impressive 9-1, but you look at uh, the experience of Benitez, 21-6, and six, vastly more experienced and the competition he's not only fought yes he's lost to some of them but some of those names he's beat as well are right up there in terms of names and skill set I, I, I would not be surprised at all if Benitez gets this done I think it's a huge step up for Yusuf um, I think if he does get past Benitez in this particular affair I think he's off to the races but I, I think it's a tough go honestly well that's what he needs isn't it Yusuf he, there's no point giving him gimmies at this stage I think he's probably already done that and then once you once you once you beat uh, shame on Marias, decent fighter himself there's not there's not much room to to keep taking on bums if you like is there no this is the perfect fight for him to see what he's he's truly made of i, th- I think it's a tough one i'm not going to make my official picture just yet okay. Joseph, okay but don't be surprised to see a bit of rafa benitez on my picks <laughs> rafa benitez <laughs> Oh, is that the chant, is it? I don't even know. I think so. I think, I think that's what Sean... It works. Uh, if it ain't, it should be. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so that leaves us with three then, I think. It's getting stuck into the... The meaty ones. This is a meaty one in itself, let me tell you. <laughs> Big Romero versus Costa Coffee. you got... Battle of the Bodies. This is Battle of the Bodies. This is ridiculous, isn't it? Mad. I don't know. How it's like looking at me and you face off. <laughs> I mean, how they're middleweight... I don't know. And how they're not on drugs, I don't know either, but here you go. So yeah, Yoel Romero, Paolo Costa, 12-0 and Costa is, but Uriah Hall back in July 18. Hasn't fought since then. Other than that, Johnny Hendricks is pretty much the only name that he's beaten. Romero is Yoel Romero, 40 years old, still doing it. Lost to Whitaker last time out, close decision. Beat Rockhold before that. Lost to Whitaker before that. Do you know what? I'd... I got, where where do you start? I don't even know where to start and where to split these. I guess the big factor is you, we haven't seen too much of Costa. Took the words out of my mouth there. Yeah. I mean, if we just look at it, 12-0, Hendricks, yes, he's a big name. Well past his sell by date by the time they fought. Well past it. Yeah, yeah. And Uriah Hall, 
very talented striker, no doubt about it. And he and he had his moments in that fight. That was a bit of a brawl. Yes, he got the job done in the finish in the end. He is an impressive finisher, Costa. But for me, I've just not seen enough of him to warrant me picking him in this fight. Yes, yeah, tough. He may well get it done. He may have his coming out party Saturday night. But from what we've seen already, I think to be number seven in the rankings this early and to be fighting Summer Romero, who... who who doesn't lose to anyone unless your name's Rob Wicker? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Rob Wicker. Yeah, yeah. So I think I think you've got to go with a Romero win here. It's a it's a three round fight, which I think will suit Romero. He does tend to take rounds off, and we I don't think we've even seen Costa go even into the third round. That's do not quote me on that. I've not checked that at all. But we haven't seen him go late into fights, so that may be an issue. No one's that bodied up and has a good cardiovascular system no no definitely not i mean i certainly don't joe i, well, I was I mean, gonna I'm say really you're not that. far off uh so and my cardiovascular system is awful so <laughs> i'm speaking from experience here I, th- I think i think romero gets it done he like i say he does take, seem to take rounds off so i can see him having a, a dominant first round maybe taking it easy in the second round where costa might have his moments but i think he'll eventually just sort of blow his load so to speak and I think I think Romero might get a late finish here, if not a decision. Yeah, it's difficult, isn't it? And I think because of all those reasons, I think my provisional pick at the moment has to be Romero. Just, I mean, I guess you could say age might catch up with him, but you could have said that two, three, four, five years ago. So you you make a good point there, though. It's just when does he when does when it does he turn eventually. up? Yeah, yeah. In his forties, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Father could... time catches up with everyone, as they say. I see, but. Let's just hope he wanks weight, eh? Well, yeah, I mean, I I hope they put the fight on either way. Put it that way. Yeah, let him come in at 200. (laughs) I'm up for it. Yeah. I haven't got fighting, though, have I? So, no, true. true. I would say that. Uh, What's your pick, Joe? Did you. Provisional Romero, and then I'll let you know during the week. Lovely jubbly. Now, this is a good one. I'm looking forward to this one. Will Diaz turn up is my first question. Yeah. Who you got here, Joe? Um, I just want to throw something at you here. Obviously, Pettis has been quite active. He has. Of late, hasn't he? He's, he's been fighting numerous times. Diaz, the first fight three years. Yeah, almost to the day. Three years, August 2016, and then he lost to Conor McGregor. I've got a list here, Joe. Okay. Who Pettis has fought in that since he last fought. Since Diaz last fought, Anthony Pettis has lost to Max Holloway, Dustin Poirier, and Tony Ferguson. And he's beaten Charles Oliveira, Jim Miller, Michael Chiesa, and Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. In three years. It's a lot, isn't it? Since the last time Diaz stepped in the cage. And first off, that's an insane list. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Some of them victory as well. In what world do you think Diaz beats Pettis in this fight? So I guess the answer is I, I don't. I don't think I don't think you can make a case for Diaz to win this fight. You just three years, man. That's a long, long time. I think. What's the case? What case could I make for Nathan Diaz to get a win here? You could say he's a Diaz. They're fighters. That's what they do. His cardio is unreal. Doesn't really get knocked out. You're gonna have to be in a war with him, and you're gonna have to keep him up. You're gonna like keep him away on the feet. And if it goes to the floor, you're in a might be in a bit of trouble. You've got to do some work there. So you could say it's Nate Diaz, but you can't not fight for three years and then come and come back and beat someone like Pettis, who's beaten and fought and lost to the people that you've mentioned in that time. You know, I just I really struggle to make a case. I, I like Nate Diaz. I think he should have been fighting this whole time. He should have fought before now. There's plenty of fights out there for him. Obviously, we know that he kind of threw a hissy fit when he was meant to fight. Old Wassy's chops back in the back in the day, but yeah. To answer your question, Matthew, I mean, first of all, back to your original. Yeah, I think Diaz is going to turn up this week. I think he will actually fight, but I can't make you a case for how he wins. I'm afraid. I think you're making some good points, though. I think he is, he does have that cardio. I mean, that is one thing that probably won't go away in his time off. No, definitely. It's not like he's not being active, and I think you're right in that he is a Diaz. Yes. Yeah. As silly as it sounds, but it, That's it, that though. goes a long way in these fights. And Pettis does like getting into dogfights and has been finished quite a few times. So 
You could argue that. I think you could also argue the size might be in Diaz's favour. That could play into it. But three years is three years at the end of the day. Pettis is a former world champion. I would have picked Pettis to beat Diaz back in the day when he was champion at 155. I think he's always been better than Diaz Mm. as a fighter in general. He's a former champion. I think he's got a few more tools than him. Um, So I I think he's a great bet this weekend. He's 8-11, to Pettis. Diaz at evens is pretty much a coin flip with Paddy Power. But, yeah, I'm I'm like you, Joe. I I can't really see how Diaz is going to get this done. I mean, I think it's going to be a phenomenal fight. I think there'll be plenty of blood. But I think Pettis will get it done. Yeah, I've got to agree. My only other comment would be, it's a shame it's only three rounds. Yeah, this is this is Taylor May for five rounds. Probably a bit harsh, maybe with with the three year layoff, but it is a shame. But I, I think, yeah, I don't know. I I, I think Pettis will, will get the win here. I think he'll move on in the division, and I, and I think the winner of this will fight Masvidal as well. That's my other little prediction. No, I hope they do. Either way, I hope the winner fights Masvidal. We've been championing Leon Edwards, haven't we? But. Might just, I just think, might just sneak Pettis or Diaz in next. I just think, uh, I think we sort of, we didn't mention it before about Leon Edwards has basically just been calling out Masvidal all week and before that. And Masvidal just seems to be a bit too aloof. I don't think he wants to fight. I think he knows it's a tricky one. And I think he knows that he, he he's not as beatable as, as he's making out uh, Leon Edwards. And I think that Masvidal is probably looking to hang around for that title fight. But and I think you'll look at the winner of this. I think it's a much easier fight than Leon Edwards, and I think you'll have his eye on this. Yeah, I've got to agree. And Anthony Pettis, eight to eleven with the pad power. I'm taking that all day long. Like we say, it's you've got to, you got to. Decision. Yeah, I think so. I think so. You're going to do well to stop um, Diaz. I think we we say that about Wonderboy, don't didn't we? Wonderboy stood up to Woodley. And then Pettis came along and knocked him out. So you never know. Up at Welterweight, he looks pretty good. He looks like he's got some power, doesn't he, Pettis? But, yeah, decision is most likely, I think. Yeah, I think a decision. He don't get stopped with strikes often. I think it's only once. Josh Thompson, maybe. Uh, that was uh, a head kick and follow-up punches. And we all know Pettis likes a head kick or two. So keep your eyes peeled for that. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets the finish using his, his little legs. <laughs> Do you move on to the big boys, Joe? Let's do it then, sir. Main event. This is a tough one for me. Yeah, this is tough. The first one was tough. This one is just just as tough, if not more so. DC double champ Daniel Cormier against Stipe Miocic, the long, longest reigning heavyweight UFC champion until Cormier came along and knocked him out. Uh, Stipe hasn't fought since then. And DC beat Derek Lewis ages ago. And that was it. So either man coming off a big layoff... I mean, how do, you, how do you go about picking this one? The question is, we saw, we saw last time, and we're going into it, and we're saying, ah, oh, DC, he's not going to knock Stipe out. Stipe's got a good chin. He took digs from Francis. That's not going to happen. And then DC knocked him out. So now your question is, is will Stipe let him do that again? Is he going to hang around in that clinch if he has any choice? Uh, otherwise, Stipe's a, a bigger man, probably a stronger man. He's got good wrestling, maybe not as good. He's got Good power is knock people out. Yeah, I mean, I think you're splitting hairs here. I guess sensibly, you say, well, DC won last time, so you think DC wins again. Would that be fair? Uh, it's impossible to call, really, Joe. It is. It is. Uh, it's just, yes, we can split hairs, like you're saying, but whoever lands wins, basically. That's what tends to be the case in heavyweight. You, you should never put too much money, which I found out uh, in the past, on heavyweight fights. Because of that reason alone, it's just so hard to call. Anything can happen in the blink of an eye, one punch and it's over. But I think the key point you made there was Stipe standing in the clinch. It, because it was a tactical mistake rather than sort of like a flash knockout. It was something probably that Stipe did wrong. Yeah, probably. As much as Cormier did right, Stipe knows that that's where the fight was won. And I think they eyeballed that before the fight. I think Stipe, he, that is a... A, a hole in his arsenal. So I think as long as he's addressed that and he's had a long time to address it, I think he'll have forged a game plan for which to stop that from happening, avoid the clinch and keep Cormier out of range. Cause I've, I've watched that fight today and he was as even as it was that first round, 
I think he had the better part of it. And he, and he like you said, he's a strong man. He's a bigger man. And, and it was evident. Cormier had his moments. He had some good head movement, good some, some good boxing. He was landing even at range. He was getting in there and getting out. But I, I thought Miocic, it was his fight to lose. And unfortunately, he did for him. And I, I think as long as he fixes the mistakes he makes, I, I think he could get it done. I'm not sure how. I don't know what it'd be like over five rounds, this sort of fight. What with Cormier's grinding style, you've got to think he's going to get in there eventually and, and start grinding and wrestling. But I, I, I can certainly see uh, Miocic finishing Cormier. Wow. Finish. Yeah, I mean... I, mean, I, love, I love both guys. And, but there's so many repercussions there is. in the UFC for this fight. Yeah. So if, if DC loses, I think that, that buggers up the Jones fight, of course. He may well retire. If Stipe wins, no one wants to see Ngannou in no. there again. No. Whereas Ngannou versus Jones and Cormier has a lot more mystique to it. There's a lot riding on this. And you can bet your bottom dollar the UFC open Cormier comes out on top. Oh, absolutely. And in a way, I am as well for those reasons that you've just outlined. The Francis fight, the John Jones fight. They're two Same. huge fights that I would just love to see. But I like Stipe as well, and he's been unfairly done. He probably should have had this rematch already. I think Stipe might do it, you know. I think he summed it up pretty well, and I think, I, I know I, I picked Stipe last time, and that didn't happen. But when you get knocked out like that, I'm not going to disregard it as such, but I'm looking at the fight again. I've, I've still got to look at it the same way I looked at the first one, if you know what I mean. If I picked Stipe to win first time because I thought he had X, Y, and Z over Daniel Cormier, then presumably he's still got that. So as easy as it sounds to do on paper, all he needs to do is not get knocked out. So that's madness. That's a bit, you know, you can tell we're, you can tell we're a couple of fans, but yeah, I think, I think Stipe might do it. I think decision. I think, uh, it's, do you know what? I'm kind of talking myself out of it. Cool, that was quick. I know. Because I was, I, I, I was going to yeah, say, I think Stipe might have an advantage when you're kind of, because in striking, Stipe's going to want to keep it at range. And DC's going to want to get in close, which means they're going to end up together. So whether they end up together in the middle of the ring or up against the cage, I was going to say up against the cage particularly, you'd expect Stipe to be able to do some work because he's the bigger, heavier man. He will just lean on him and wear him out. But that exact kind of situation is where DC won the fight last time. So now you're saying... What is Stipe going to have to do? He can either try and wrestle DC, which could go either way, or he could try and piece him up on the outside, which is going to be tough for someone like Stipe to do for 25 minutes. Otherwise, they will engage in a clinch in the middle of the ring, and they will engage in a clinch up against the cage at least once at some point, if not many more times. And that's, like I say, that's exactly where the fight was won last time. Yeah, I mean... (laughs) As long as he's addressed those issues, though, I, I was watching when we were watching the fight. I thought he was doing fine against the cage. Do you think it's just keep, he, just keep that. Make sure every time you exit that clinch, you cover yeah. up no matter what. You think that's that's the the fix? Well, that is certainly the fix to the finish last time. Yeah, uh, obviously Cormier's he's all cognizant to the fact that uh, Stipe's going to know that and he's going to fix that issue and he's going to try and work on something else to get the job done. But I think. I am with you on this. I I love both of them. I think Stipe's been dealt a shit sandwich as well. Just generally, with yeah. the promotion he gets, he's a firefighter in the day. This is his part-time job almost. And he don't get get no clout from the USC at all. Don't get promoted. Maybe he don't want to get promoted. Maybe he just loves doing it. But you feel like he needs to get his due. And this would be the biggest feather in the biggest cap if he could beat Cormier and win it back again. But... I love DC. I want him to get that fairy yeah. tale win over Jones and uh, ride off into the sunset. So I'm torn. It's one of those, a bit like Frankie Edgar and Max Holloway, but probably on a little bit of a bigger scale. I love both guys, but for the future of the division and the fights I want to see, I probably want DC to win. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's a tough one, isn't it? But is that is that two provisionals for Stipe then so far? Yeah, I, I think based on the fact I think they're 50-50, fighters anyway and because DC won the last one like you said maybe it's Stipe's time this turn this time to win so I don't know it's a it's a, it's a coin flip it is it is definitely yeah who's your ring's favourite then going into this um, I would say DC's probably favourite slightly 
He certainly is. Eight to thirteen. Miacic out of six to five. Yeah, good price. <sighs> I'm not betting on that one. No chance. So I'm guessing. Could you do a Stipe, Diaz, Costa, underdog treble? You can do. You think Romero and Pettis are win though? Yeah, I know, but... Oh, right. Just trying to look at some value. I think there's plenty of value in here, even yeah. with the favourites, to be honest. So... It's eight to one. Eight to one for that treble, yeah? Outsiders? Yeah. It's not bad. Not bad. I'll have better. But... Yeah, these are the ones we want to watch, innit? Then 50-50 ones. You don't know who's going to win on each of them. Diaz is an unknown quantity, if you ask me. Who knows what he's going to look like when he, when he rolls in to town on Saturday night. You've got Costa and Romero. This could Costa come out for his biggest win of his career. Romero might look, start looking 45 or whatever he is. <laughs> yeah. And you've got the biggest fight. The, the baddest man on the planet will be recrowned on Saturday night. So what more can you want? That's it. And I think if I had to pick one, you can only watch one fight Saturday. If I it? could only watch one fight on Saturday, what would it be? Do you know what I was going to say? I was going to say co-main, but I think it's the main, isn't it? You've got to watch the main. Yeah, this this is the the baddest man on the planet. Yeah, yeah. And the repercussions it brings, the story, it's his history making. So I'm I'm absolutely buzzing for this one. I'm hoping Jones is in the in the crowd as well. Yeah, that'd be good. Get things a little spicy. But, yeah, if, if it was up to me as well, I, that's probably the one I'm looking forward to most. Followed closely by the co-main, just purely out of intrigue. And I, who don't love seeing a Diaz fight? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Intrigue and Diaz, yeah, perfect combination, really. So, as we normally say, what is the performance of the night? Who do you think is going to walk away MVP, as they say, across the pond? I think you've got every chance Anthony Pettis doing something spectacular I think rolling back the years yeah I think so I think uh, who could you can't count against him after knocking um, Wonderboy out really can you so I think yeah if I was going to say while I think we might see something spectacular from I'd have to go Pettis yeah I think I'd have to agree with you I think San Hagen's going to have a, another coming out party this is going to be putting him on the map in that stacked bantamweight division Romero Costa I'm, I'm sort of Again, Costa is an unknown quantity. We don't know what he's going to be like. He may turn up and steal the show against an aging Romero. Nate Diaz, would he roll back yeah. the years as well? It's just so many That's it. different stories. I'm, I'm buzzing for it. Yeah, you I have, am. You have to watch it? Well, this is it. I'm moved, where I say I'm moving back in, I've got to get, get my uh, BT Sports sorted out. So if I can't do that, I'm going to have to wake up and watch it on my phone, of all things, live. So we shall see. I can't miss it either way, can I? No, nah, you've got to tune in for this one. This, this ain't no Uruguay nonsense. No, nah, exactly. Joe, is there anything more you want to cover there, sir? That is it from me, young man. Sweet. We'll wrap it up, shall we? Yes, let's get this one wrapped. Episode 40, as I say, of Split Decision UK. You can find us under that name on Instagram and Twitter. It'd be lovely to speak to you on there. And if you could go to iTunes, if, you, if that's where you're listening, maybe give us a little five star or leave a review or anything like that. That would really help. We could grow that conversation and get cracking. Other than that, it's goodbye from me. Goodbye from Matthew. Have a great week. Oh, yes.